and welcome to another episode of Dr. Me First. It's so great to be hanging with you today, friend. It's me, your super sassy host, colleague in medicine and coach in life, Dr. Freaking Aaron Wiseman. And I am talking to a special guest today. Her name is Sabrina Runbeck. She's a cardiothoracic PA. She's a public health practitioner. She's all into neuroscience and matching coaching with that. And I love her so very much because our messages align so closely. She's a friend that I met through LinkedIn. And just the more and more we've talked, the more and more I realize that this is not just a female doctor isolated problem. This is something that goes so much deeper and farther. And I'm always so glad when I have a heart connection with someone else as well. So listen to our conversation about being powerful and stick around afterwards for my kick of encouragement. Okay, here we go. Welcome to the podcast, Sabrina Runbeck. It's so great to have you here with me. Thanks, Erin. Thanks, everyone, for listening in. Yeah. Well, tell everybody on Podcasting World a little bit about yourself and the special magic that you bring into the world. Thank you. So I am a cardiothoracic surgery PA and a public health professional with a background in neuroscience. I really had a journey where I felt that I was stuck. I was doing everything. I felt like I was young. I can do anything. Let's just do more cases than more. And to the point where I was so stressed out that I was constantly getting sick. I had to take a step back and realizing that where I started in my study in in neuroscience, where I used music, drumming to reduce stress, where I went into public health because I love community service and I research on self-care, self-efficacy, and then truly spending thousands of dollars and hours learning positive psychology, P performance to come out with a system. Now, help myself to get back into a spot where I love surgery again and be able to empower other young professionals, especially millennials, because they, by statistic, are one out of three in our working force. And they've been seen as the burned out generation. So how can we show up as more confident in our own skin to rise up as the leader that we truly are, live purposefully and fulfilled, truly be both a powerhouse in your career and a passionate person in life without feeling overwhelmed, undervalued or underappreciated. Yeah, because isn't that amazing? Like we work, 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 work so hard. And it's like, we forgot about like how to play and like those really important parts, you know, you're drumming and, and like you said, you have the degrees in neuroscience, you have the degrees in public health. And like, somehow we just got caught up in the rat race. And I'm so excited that you were like me and like, drank the Kool-Aid and like, no, 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 there's a better way. <laughs> I found it for myself. And I want to help the rest of you guys too. And I love the word that you picked today, which is powerful. So tell me more about it, why you picked it, and how it plays out in your life. Yeah, let me take you back on the story journey. And uh, It was about four years ago, barely 8 o'clock in the morning. I'm already exhausted. I mean, come on. Well, because I hardly slept for three hours, 
because I was the one carrying a beeper. Remember one of those things? Probably some of you still have them. And I also woke up with a fever of 101 degrees. Now I'm already feeling weak and my hands are cramping. Those wouldn't have been so bad if I was off call. But I was, in fact, standing in front of a patient with my hands inside his open chest for a cardiac procedure. And I knew that case will be going for at least another five hours. And my natural bubbly, like always on, like, hey, like chatting self was pretty quiet. So one of the nurses took pity on me and kept passing Dayquil and cough drop under my mask to keep me going. And while I'm like coughing away, the next morning was not good. I was sweating, could not get out of bed. I had to convince myself just to call out. At the time, when I had to talk to my manager, his answer was, oh, geez, we have to find another cyst. Just don't make a habit out of this. That was one of the most frustrating time ever because I felt so unappreciated. And we in healthcare, especially, treat our patient with respect. We're always thinking what they need, advocate for how this treatment plan could be for them. But we hardly are treating ourselves or our teammates with the same value. We always put ourselves last. And oftentimes we get stressed out, we get mad about what's not going well, and it lashes out. And we still feel like we didn't do enough for that patient because it's critical. But at the same time, do we ever reassess our own mental state? Are we in the best position to even have that conversation, to even make these decisions? Because at the end of the day, it doesn't take advanced degrees for all of us to tell ourselves, when you need a rest, when you need to reboot yourself, you got to do it. Not only for the sake of yourself, but for the sake of everybody around you. When we don't do. Yeah, for the guy who you have your hands in his chest for. I love that because I can sympathize so much about like slipping cough drops under a mask. Remember one time, you know, trying all the tricks to not like cough during a surgery or <laughs> I was doing a C-section one time and I think I was like a chipmunk. I think I had cough drops on like both cheeks, like just trying to get through that section. So like you say this story and I'm like, yep, been there. And I bet everybody else listening right now is like, yep. Either you had like a broken foot or you, you couldn't hardly breathe because you were sick. You could breathe through your nose or, you know, it was like the one time I had strep throat so bad that like my tonsils swollen and I started having strider. <sighs> what do we do to ourselves? Right. We we think we are almost super human. We think we are the one who can just push through because we have this medical knowledge already, right? You know yourself, uh, it's okay. Let's see how far we can go until we couldn't go any longer. So why do that? When we start feeling these uh, stress, anxiety, they're not normal. They are the beginning state of if we spiral out into the end state of burnout. Right? We all know this, like the, in a healthcare professional, statistics have shown us even before COVID, we are 200% higher with suicidal ideation than average Americans. So why are we the one who has this knowledge and who's supposed to be serving us others and treating others allow ourselves to spiral out? Or some other people would rely on 
picking up the extra drink, right? Like stay up just a little later on medicine, on caffeine, and thinking, no, I'll, I'll just take another hour to run on my patient. Now I'll be good to go. But if you don't even take that two minute, five minute to regroup, how effective are you in the next hour with your patients? Are you going to show up as your best self, give the quality of care that you know you can deliver? Or are you going to show up with exhaustion? Probably can't even maintain a smile. And people are going to wonder like, what the heck happened to you? Yeah, I think that's so important. I loved what you were telling me about your two minute mini mental vacation. I do that with my residents too. Like when they get worked up, I'm like, all right, we're just going to take a little time out little sit, just breathe, like put your feet on the ground. Like if no one's actively dying and there's nothing acute, like you can take the time. You, even though you feel like you can't, you can't, you can, you can take the time. And this, it's helping them break the facade of like shame for being a human, shame for having to rest and to eat and to pee and to like attend to your own needs. Like when you have cramps from periods, like there should be no shame with that. Yeah, that's so true. Think about these nursing station or like physician lounges. You, they actually build these hydration corner, right? Just creating these cues. You gotta drink. And even though we have these long cases, people joke around. Oh, what if you were a catheter? Then you don't have to go. Oh my goodness, right? Like these these jokes comes out. But if we force ourselves to just chuck an energy drink in between cases, and you don't even allow yourself to calm all this chaos in your body, of course, we're going to create more inflammation. And we all know this, like that can lead to so many other diseases. We don't even know what's going to happen to us. Yeah. So that was you four years ago. Tell me about like your recovery journey back and like how you're empowering others now. So my realization was I got to have to train myself. Let's go back to the ground. Let's dig out all my resources where I did it so many years ago, right? Like 10 years ago, all this experience, what happened? Went back to that, start submitting thousands of dollars on training and knowing that even though we are all smart, we can learn anything out there by ourselves. But if we don't have a specific coach to look into me, I'm not seeing my blind spots. So it's those struggle of learning what works, what doesn't to brought myself and creating a system of a three simple step process that all of us can fall back in love with the years of things we devote ourselves to this career. We don't have to pivot out when you feel hopeless. You can gain that hope back. But if you feel like you're in a right position to pivot out, still, I start with basic foundation. Because we can jump from job to job and the same bad habit repeat itself. Yeah, my favorite quote is, um, you will always take yourself with you. And I believe too, that's why coaching is so important because, you know, so many times people come to me and they're just done. They're crispy with burnout and they're like, I just need help leaving, Erin. And I'm like, okay, you know, if that's the end goal, we can get there. But you're not quitting your job tomorrow. We have to sit back. We have to, and I do the same process, like going back and like really digging down to the foundation of like who you are, what do you love, what's most important in your life, and how the fuck are we going to get that all back in there? Because for so long, you've thrown that stuff to the side. 
And it's amazing to me, and I don't know about with your clients, with your working with them, the people who say like, I'm leaving medicine, a good majority of them actually don't after they do this work. Like they do, they fall back in love with like third year medical student love or second year PA student love of medicine again. What do you find? I think what they found is that life changed and that's okay. That excitement, what they had before might not be the exact same, but now they found newer direction in life because then they can reverse engineer. And I talk about this a lot. I think, Erin, you, you would agree with me is when we have a clear end goal, that's not a means goal. So end goal means when I ask a question, what does that look like for you to have an ideal lifestyle? Who are you spending time with? How are you spending time with? Where it could be a mountain, a city? How are you living that life? And then we can think about what the steps to get there. When we think about means goal, it means I just needed to move to this one location to get this typical job, to get this other chief of something, then I will be happy. But if this continues end goal, just like when we were in school, the only goal we had was finish. But once you finish, now you have to the, the residency, the matching, like da 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 da, right? There's so many other things coming at you. But once you finish all that, is that really gonna automatically make you happy? And most answers, no. And if we don't even have an end goal, then we can't create that internal compass to give us that light because then we're going to try so many different paths, like digging a well, right? You can dig 10 wells, but not go depth enough. Then you will never get to water. Exactly. And it's finding that one well that you can be persistent and dig all the way down and hopefully find some diamonds along the way with that water. Exactly. Girl, you are spouting <laughs> chapter three of the Dr. Me First book. So I love this so much because it's exactly what I walk people through in chapter three. Because it is, it's so important. And it was something that was never, never taught to me in my career planning, ever. And so I'm so excited that you're talking a similar message that we are so aligned in that. Talk a little bit more about um, how you work with people, energy sessions, and touch a little bit on the three-step method that you've kind of come up with. Awesome. Yeah, let's go there. So number one for me really is reboot your mental immunity. Now, we all know physical immunity is important, especially during pandemic. We need to fight off disease, bacteria, virus, all that good stuff. And the more we can reduce our internal inflammation, of course, we have a better resource. Same thing with our mental immunity, because there are so many unpredictable external factors that's blocking our path. That means the people who tell us, we've been doing this for the past 10 years. This is how we do it. Well, if it's not efficient, and if it can improve, why would you stuck being in the old way? And there are always going to be politics, anything that don't align with you. But are you going to take on to those poison or are you going to be more confident in yourself? Now, then come to the second part is internal sabotagers. So from my training with my teacher, there are 10 different sabotagers that we go through in life. We might not never completely eliminate them. Things like judgment, controlling, 
feeling the need to please other, feeling the need to avoid the pain, so we can just stay in our bubble. Now there are so many other ones. We might not completely eliminate them, but if we can recognize which tendency you tend to lean toward, then you're no longer in the reacting mode. You actually recognize it. You have a time process to respond, and that tie into allowing yourself to have more energy. Many people think they just needed to have more time to be more productive, to be more efficient. But it's not about having more time. It's about using your time to do the things that actually move the needle. And when you do that, it's also allowing yourself to have these mini micro vacation. What I do is these two to five minute exercise where people can do anywhere at work, at home, even outside on your walk. You're allowing yourself, knowing that your concentration really is just about half hour to hour, right? And in between, you're seeing patients in the hallway, do an exercise, reset yourself. And when you reset, you give yourself that new intention on you know who you are, you know that girl that's inside of you, you know that powerful lady that who you wanted to align to. So you show off that way. You predetermine that. So if it's some difficult conversation with a patient who clearly do not want to listen to you, but your word for yourself is I wanted to be approachable, mm-hmm. then your reaction to that patient is going to be different than when you have no intention, just simply walking into a room. And lastly, is what we touched upon earlier: how could we create momentum when we have now figured out? To step up means to do more, but it's not about just sheer doing. Because once we lit the fire again, that fire can dissipate. Willpower only lasts so little amount. It takes recurrence of realignment. Asking yourself the tough questions: Who are you today? How you want to show up? What are the three words that you wanted to make sure other people can sense from you? And you want to show up who for who? Because if we're just doing it for ourselves, that's also really hard. And when you have redefined these motivation, just like the book Begin with Why, right, Simon Sinek, and it's not just doing one tough thing, one time, but it's on a weekly basis. Just like one of my clients, she loved the most is I have this one weekly alignment worksheet. We go to different categories such as、uh, defining your value. What are your non-negotiable? What are you not to do? How do you elevate your resources? Who do you need to connect to this week? So all these different components. Because now she feels like she had predetermined what she need to do, how she want to show up. So anything that come to her that do not align with her is automatically no. And then no becomes so much easier to say. That's right, it does. Once you practice it, because then all the yeses start to flow in and become bigger when you start to put up those boundaries and you start to say no. So yeah, I love it. Reboot your mental immunity. You know, really identifying those external and those internal sabotagers and having that sustainable momentum by, like you said, the recurrence. Of your energy and knowing, like, what brings you that energy, and then also identifying, like, what are those life suckers, and how can you approach those with new and different intent? I love that so much, Sabrina. Gosh, you're like 
talking straight out of my head. It's so crazy. I knew when we had met on LinkedIn that I needed you in my life. And I'm so excited to have you here on the podcast. If other people are like, oh my God, I need some more of her in my life. Where can they go to check you out and hang out with you? Yeah, awesome. So I'm um, very active. My handle is the same on all the social media platform at Sabrina Rumbeck, R-U-M-B-E-C-K. And I also have my website where you can find some of my freebies like the uh, two-minute energy exercise that we, I don't think we did a a demo today, but it's one of the things that I take you on a breathing exercise and to do a uh, relaxation and use pressure points. Actually, from there, you your eyes, we our eyes tend to feel sore the most. Right? We're staring at a computer, we're charting notes. And for any of us who are doing procedure, right, you're wearing those giant loops and it's trying to focus. So it's a way for us to actually brighten your eyes, feeling more relaxed, concentrated, and focused. So then you can do more and actually get to the things that you love to do, not just the, your obligations. Uh, and also you can check out any of the podcasts that I also have a show called Powerful and Passionate Healthcare Professionals. I do a little different style. Now, mental immunity is truly connect with me. But I also know in life is about having all 10 key components of life. So I have speakers who talk about career advancement, financial intelligence, relationship building, and for anybody who want to pivot out, what are these options? And for you to have the best physical state, how can we leverage our body, our food, our even circadian rhythm, right, matters. So, yeah, so I come into this holistic way of, hey, it's about quality. It doesn't mean you have to do everything all the time. It's about tapping into what truly important to you, these key components. So then you won't feel like there's something missing in your life. Well, Sabrina, I'm so excited to call you colleague and friend. Thank you for coming on Dr. Me First. Thank you, Aaron. Thanks for everyone who's listening in. All right. You ready for your kick of encouragement? It's going to be two-parted. First part is I'm going to use one of Sabrina's questions that really struck me. The second part, I actually pulled out my workbook because when she was talking, I was like, oh my God, she's like speaking my language right out of chapter three. So I'm going to read you a little bit out of the Dr. Me First workbook. Okay. So first, the question, who are you today? Who are you today where you stand right now? Who are you today compared to the woman that you were five years ago? Who are you today compared to the expectations of others? Who are you today compared to the woman you're becoming five years from now? It's kind of like putting a pin on a map. Did you guys ever do that when you were a kid? I remember I had a globe. I love that stupid thing. And I remember spinning it and like mine was the kind that you could feel the bumps of the mountains. And so I remember feeling over all of them and just thought, I'm never going to be able to go to all of these places. I'm never going to be able to put my pins on the map in all of these places. But what I forgot to realize is I didn't even put my pin on the map for where I was truly at right there in Southern Indiana. 
So I love this question of asking, who are you today? Because it's just putting a pin on the map. It's not saying like, who are you going to be forever? And who are you in the past? It's just asking like, at this one point in time, this one data section, who are you today? And really digging into that. And then also giving yourself the permission to do it again tomorrow and be in a totally different place. And that's okay. So ask yourself that little bit of homework. Who are you today? And next, I want to talk a little bit about chapter three. So you guys know, go back to some previous episodes where I talk about writing the Dr. Me First book several years ago and how I thought it was a flop, but it was just needed some more time to marinate. Now it's out in the world and I have a publisher and gosh, I just got my receipt the other day where it said four people in the UK have bought my books. I don't know who you four are, but if you are listening, I would so love for you to tell me because I was so excited that my book sold overseas. So email me, seriously. Okay, getting back to chapter three though. The chapter is entitled Next Steps Forward. And it starts off like this. During this chapter, we're going to dream big with your life. First, you'll do some exercises to evaluate where you stand right now. Sound familiar? Next, I'm going to ask you to envision your ideal life. What if you were living your perfect life? How would it look and feel? Then I'll also ask you to dream about your perfect practice. What if you could have the perfect practice? What would it look and feel like too? These steps should help you have the understanding of what you want, which will then help you figure out how to make it happen. Then comes the exciting part, planning the next steps forward. I want to remind you that next steps forward are more like stepping stones across a creek rather than stair steps. Your moves will require the courage to hop from the space you are in to the spot you are going. Many times moves are not linear, but instead lateral or even backwards. You may end up muddy or knee high in the water, but that's absolutely fine because any movement towards your end goal is success. Life is messy, especially when you get off the beaten path and blaze your own trail. As physicians, we've gotten really good at delayed gratification. We forward plan and push through. But I want you to have a different approach this time. Remind yourself that life is happening now, even though you're making a plan and trying to enjoy the journey along the way. Don't become so caught up in the end goal that you fixate on perfection or stress over not being exactly where you want to be right now. I'm totally guilty of this, believing that I'm behind and I need to rush forward. Instead, remain a work in progress, celebrate your successes, shake off any shortcomings, and stay on your own damn path. This is not about comparing yourself to someone else. Continue to focus on your forward movement. Nothing kills joy faster and promotes burnout than playing the comparison game. So as you go through chapter three, allow yourself to dream big and to plan bigger. And as always, contact me with questions, comments, sticking points, or successes. Man, I like read that and I'm like, wow, I wrote that. (laughs) So yeah, chapter three is a big fun chapter after you get through the first couple chapters going into it. And if it sounds like something you're interested in, head on over to Amazon, get the new book. They deliver all the way to the UK, so do it. 
And I just want to encourage you with that. It really is like crossing a creek and hopping from stone to stump to little clump of grass. It's not an easy railroad track this time, my friend. But that's what makes it so much fun. It's different. It's adventurous. You might get a little muddy, but you're going to have a lot of fun along the way. So remember, as always, your life, your calling, your pulse matters. Check, check, check.